Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another Thursday rendition of the podcast, our Love Does podcast. And again, if you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, it is me and sitting across from me is JB, JB, Josh Black. And we are reading through Bob Goff's book, Love Does. Uh, we're reading through chapters 16 to 20 this week. And we have, I said to Josh before we started the podcast, I was like, we only have like two chapters, or sorry, two uh, two episodes after this. It's We're over halfway through now. It's crazy. It's wild. It's flying. It is. Alrighty, let's get straight into it. Chapter 16 is called Hunting Grizzlies. And last week, Josh was like, oh, I'm excited to read this one. <laughs> Did it live up to the hype, Josh? Oh, it's a crazy. It is. It's a crazy chapter, and if you're, uh, it, it you know it's a, a good lesson on gun safety, I guess. It is, which is very interesting to think about in like a book about gov. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Bob tells the story about how like his dad was always like super into like guns and like, but he was always very very, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, insistent on like gun safety and being mm-hmm. respectful about the gun and like all this stuff, and he would let Bob like when the when there were when it wasn't loaded when the safety was on whatever he would let Bob hold the gun like in the house and kind of like aim down the sights and pretend he was hunting grizzlies or whatever, and so uh, one day Bob goes up to his dad and he's like Dad can like can I like hold the gun, and uh, his dad's like Yeah yeah sure he's so he checks the barrel makes sure there's not like nothing in there or whatever. And Bob is, like, he's holding the gun, he's looking down the sights, and he's getting into, like, this imaginary world where he's in the forest, and he's about to shoot a grizzly. So he pulls the trigger, and there's actually a bullet in, the in like, loaded into the gun, and it shoots inside the house, like, goes through a wall, like, gets lodged right above his sister's bed. And, like, yeah, so, like, freaky. there's this whole entire story, like, and it's, yeah, very freaky. But the uh, the thing is, he, he had the scope, like, right up to his eye. And if you don't know anything about guns, there's especially big guns, a lot of recoil. So if you have the scope like directly up against your eye, that sucker is going to come back and whack right in the face. That was a really weird sound effect for that thing, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> We're going to deal with it. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like when you shoot a gun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he gets like this uh, big cut under his eye and he's like his, his t-shirt's just like soaked with blood. But, and he expects like his first reaction is he expects his dad to be really angry with mm-hmm. him. Right. And he looks up and his dad's standing over him and he scoops him up in his arms and he's like concerned about Bob instead of being like angry at him. Yeah. And so then um, the, uh, the kind of the tying point, the tying message, sure. I guess, at yeah. the end of the chapter is like uh, we, we might expect God to be mad at us mm. for doing some of the things that we do, but like... Uh, This is uh, the quote that I highlighted at the end is these days, the view of God I hold on to isn't him being mad because I've missed the mark. It's one of him, uh, him seen through a bloody eye, scooping me into his arms, getting blood all over his shirt and carrying me away to get healed. And uh, I wrote underneath, sometimes I think a lot of Christians miss, they forget that God is a loving God. And Mm. like they, yeah, there's this whole like notion of like God is like this, scary guy who gets angry at everybody and like all this stuff. And yeah, sometimes I think it's not talked about enough that the whole point of Christianity is love. Mm -hmm. Like God is love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I think it, you know, a lot of times it's when we're thinking about the actions of other people, right. Mm -hmm. And we get upset with other people's actions, but at the same time, there's like an element of 
for us too. It's sometimes, and I think I, I think it's in another chapter coming up later, talking about like accepting God's forgiveness. Mm, mm-hmm. It's sometimes really hard to do because it's so like counter our human nature. Yeah, you know, it's it's really hard to forgive people, whereas it's really easy for God, which is really interesting yeah. to think about how that plays into our everyday life. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing I liked from that chapter is yeah. uh, there's kind of like this this B plot in the chapter of like him and his sister don't get along and like she would beat him <laughs> up all the time. And so he shoots this gun and it, the bullet lands like right above her bed. And so she's like making fun of him for it. So he goes into her room and looks at the bullet hole and goes just a little down <laughs> and to the right. And, and then apparently like she shuts up and like doesn't <laughs> beat him up after that. I thought that was really funny. Oh man. Yeah. If you like, there's, there's your lesson on gun safety for today. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, chapter 17, uh, it's it's a chapter called Corner Store Economics. I really and like this yeah, chapter. Yeah, it's such a good chapter. He's basically talking about how, you know, you know, every every day, every couple days, every once in a while, he would, Bob would, would scrounge up change when he was a kid from his dad's, like, um, pants pockets when his dad would get home from work or whatever. And then he'd take that change and he'd go down to the corner store and he'd buy some sort of, like, chocolate bar or something to eat. Yeah. But then he'd just, like, kind of sit. And, this is, you know, this is what I kind of like about this chapter. He'd like, just kind of, like, sit and watch this guy who owned the corner store. Just observe. Observe, yeah. Like, well, you know, how he was talking to his customers and, and all these things would have happened. He's just kind of around, right? And it kind of reminds me of, like, my life growing up in the church. Like, I was just always kind of around. Yeah. And my youth leaders were, were there or my, you know, my pastors and everything. Um, and I was just kind of that kid that was just there, you know, and that was what Bob was doing in the corner store. And, uh, one of these days he goes and the, um, the corner store owner, when he's paying, he, you know, Bob would kind of just put all this change up on the, on the counter and let the corner store guy count it out. And he'd like help Bob count it out and everything. But one day he's like, Oh, well, we're a penny short, you know, he's, he's a penny short from getting his, his chocolate bar. But then he, uh, he gets this like vinegar out and a cloth and helps him clean up this penny and then says shiny pennies are worth two and right like basically the the guy's just like he's teaching this kid a, le- a lesson but he recognizes like how present bob has been right like he wants to help him out and uh, here's here's the quote that i have at the end and, and this we've been talking about this at youth on wednesday nights this like idea of god's upside down kingdom right mm-hmm. yep. and in this chapter bob's like referring to jesus's reverse economy okay so here's what he says jesus was always talking about a reverse economy he talked about how if you want to receive you give if you want to lead you follow that the poor are rich and you only really live for certain things if you're willing to die for them what i learned from the storekeeper that day in retrospect is eerily familiar and shows me that we have more power than we think we do to make our own rules about life and to live out the economy that jesus put in place because again the storekeeper he didn't have to you know, like he could have said, you know, Bob, you're not getting the chocolate bar today. You're a penny short. But yeah. that's not what he did. He like helped Bob along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Great chapter. Yeah. That's something I wrote down, too, is like this is uh, kind of highlighting something that we talked about in I don't remember what chapter it was, but it was one of the like first five chapters, something like that. Right. And the quotes just says uh, words spoken by kind people have the ability to endure in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then another one at the end of the chapter says we are the kid. And we are also the storekeeper. So like the idea of we all need grace as the kid. We need someone to give us grace. We need God to give us grace. Mm -hmm. But also we are the storekeeper. We we are to give other people grace when they need it as well. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the last sentences, he says, we get to decide that people, including ourselves, are worth more than others might figure. And that following Jesus means doing the math differently sometimes. Yeah. I love that. 
chapter 18 is our next chapter. It's, it's called good one. Catching a Ride. It is a good one. It's all about <laughs> how, like, when Bob was, like, a teenager or, like, a young adult, like, it was pretty common to just, like, hitchhike and just, like, go places, whatever, which, like, never happens anymore. He says, no. <laughs> he says at the beginning of the chapter... And it, like it's talking about like hitch the the mentality of hitchhiking back when this story is told. And he's like, during college, I decided to take some time off to hitchhike around the country. It was a different time, and back then, lots of people were doing it. Lots of people were also getting murdered too, <laughs> which is why not so many people are doing it anymore. Which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's this this story about how he's just like going around hitchhiking and whatever, and uh, he's saying that it's really important to ask instead of the hit like the person in the car asking a hitchhiker where they're going mm-hmm. the hitchhiker should be asking the person in the car where yes. they're going because like yep. if they're going somewhere where you don't want to go then obviously you're not going to get in the car with them yeah and he also says like sometimes they say where they're going tells you a little bit about the mm-hmm. person and sometimes where they're going you might not want to get in the car with that type of person right yep. so he tells a story about how he's been on the highway like the side of the highway for like 24 hours he's, he's been there for forever and this guy pulls up and he's like, I don't care who you are. I'm getting in the car with you because I'm so done of just standing by the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. And he gets in and like, it's this, it's this guy. And like, he has this really bad body odor. And like, there are like, this is really weird van. There are like framed pictures of like feet on his like dashboard. And like, it's just weird. Yeah, right. He says his weirdometer needle was pegged. Yeah. <laughs> love like, that like quote. That. Love that. <laughs> so he tries to like make conversation with this guy and like halfway through the car ride, he remembers, he's like, Oh, I should have asked him where he's going. So he's like, where are you going? And the guy doesn't say anything. Like he just silent. And it's like, Oh no, like this is, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so randomly out of the blue, the guy just turns to Bob and he goes, you want to know who I really am? And Bob's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude goes, I'm Satan. And Bob's like, oh, okay. So weird. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, he ends up like getting out of the car and getting out of that situation fast. And he ends up getting into this other person's car. Mm-hmm. And like, it's this lady in a, in a hatchback. And uh, he's in this like this big old black box in the back. And he's like, She's going to kill me and put me in the box, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's like, where are you going? And she's like, oh, like, I'm going to a wedding. And it ends up being like, it's her harp in the big black box. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this is such a better situation, Mm -hmm. right? And so it ties into the idea of, like, the, uh, the, the idea of it's really important to pick the people that you have close to you wisely. Yeah. And so, like, you don't want to have the weird guy in the van with pictures of feet on his dashboard close to you. You want the people who are going to a wedding, who are playing harp in yeah. the big black box, right? Yeah. yeah. And, like, so it's this whole idea. And But one one uh, quote that I really liked was um, <clears throat> he goes through this, this whole thing about how picking the people close to you is really important. Mm-hmm. But he says, um, I don't mean to seem callous because the bad ones need friends too. Mm-hmm. They just don't need you, yeah. which I thought was really, really good because, like, a lot of people are like, oh, like this person like needs me. But like if like toxic relationships are a yeah. very serious thing. Yeah. Like yeah. if 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 it's not good, like you got to get out of there and yeah. you have to recognize when it's not good mm-hmm. and recognize how to get out of there. And I wrote something down here. I was like, God created us to be in community. So naturally, naturally we long for it, but we can't let the longing lighten our standards. Yeah. Like especially this was my... Um, experience in high school is like go to high school and like the first day you're just immediately looking for like a group that you can get into because Mm -hmm. you see all these groups from like 
friends who were friends in grade eight and all went to the same, same high school and you just feel like that one person sitting alone yeah. in the corner and you don't know anybody. So you're like, you are trying to make any connection possible. Mm. Like one kid came up to me on the first day and was like, hey, we used to play soccer together. And I was like, you're my friend now. <laughs> like, this is it. Like, I have a group. Best and it ended up life. being a really bad situation. Oh. And I, it was a... <laughs> not <laughs> no, best friends for not life. Not best friends. <laughs> best friends for a little bit. But <laughs> I like, I recognized after a little while that this, that was a situation that I had to get out of and I ended up like it ended up being okay. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of whole idea just kind of hit me. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting one. I think we, like I've talked about it a little bit. I think I was talking about it with our high school students mm. uh, not long ago, about like the importance of boundaries, right? Yep, the same thing for with sure. forgiveness, right? The idea of forgiveness, that it's important to have boundaries to protect yourself. Right. And that doesn't mean that God can't work, you know, like there's no limits to God, but you have to understand. Yeah. Like toxic, toxic relationships are a bad idea. Yeah. And uh, when you have, the ability to get out of them, you need to make sure you do that. For sure. So chapter 19, it's called Jeepology. Great chapter, Cody, once have you, again. Have you ever wanted to, to own a Jeep? I have not. I have. I personally don't see the the, the appeal. appeal. I do. Unless I they're doorless. Do. I love those things. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's as you get a little bit older, you're like, man, it'd be so cool to have like a Jeep and a little little rooftop tent and, you know, camp, yeah. camp in the woods, you know. Well, that's a little know. different. Yeah, I, that, I that appeals that's what to I th- me. That's what I think of when I think of Jeeps. Yeah. But, um uh, actually, you know, little little uh, note outside of this. I'm into Broncos right now, like mm, the, the Ford yeah, yeah. Ford's version of the Jeep. Yep, super cool. Anyways, uh, so Jeepology is talking about how uh, Bob owns this like really cool Jeep, and uh, all of a sudden he's driving and he gets uh, sideswiped. Right, like he gets just run into by you know who knows and uh, and he, and was he, he, he wasn't seat wearing belt. a seatbelt here's a lesson wear your seatbelt <laughs> he's not wearing a seatbelt and he goes right out the roof of the seatbelt or <laughs> right out of the roof of the jeep you knew what i meant and uh, but he gets up and he goes over to check on the other person and realizes that it's like this old lady named Lynn she's like 78 years old and you know everything's cool he he walks away from the accident both of them are okay the, the lady's a little shaken up but um and for days and weeks afterwards, Lynn just keeps calling Bob, being like, hey, like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry I hit you. And, and Bob is just like, Lynn, it's okay. I'm fine. Yeah. You're good. But it happens, like, over and over and over again. And so Bob's like, do I, do I block her number? Do I need to get a new <laughs> phone number? Like, what do I do here? And eventually he, uh, like, you know, sends flowers to her. And, and, and the card for the flower says, dear Lynn, it was great running into you. Great quote. <laughs> that was fantastic. And, and at the end, he says, now stop calling me. <laughs> um, and, and oh, this is, this is here. At what, I made this reference, I think, in the, in the first chapter we tackled here. It's talking about, like, accepting God's forgiveness, mm. right? So Lynn was not accepting Bob's forgiveness in that moment. And there's something important about this. We're just a little quick quote. When I don't trust God's forgiveness, it's kind of like saying I don't believe he's that good. Mm. But it's hard sometimes, again, because it's so counter our own nature that it's really hard to, to trust that God actually forgives us, even though we know that's what it says in Scripture. Yeah. The story goes on a little bit more. He ends up, um, you know, like his, his Jeep was totaled, which if you don't know what that means, basically like the insurance company says, like, there's no value in this Jeep. We're just going to give you the cost to go buy a new one. So you get, like, a lump sum, and you can go buy a new mm-hmm. one. But uh, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna get that Jeep back. So he buys mm-hmm. it back from the insurance company, fixes it up a little bit, puts some more paint on it. But it has uh, some issues. The first is that it, like, leans left the whole time. I don't know if you've <laughs> – uh, for, for some of our, our older high school students, when you drive a car, sometimes a car can lean a little bit. It kind of sways a certain way, so you have to correct the steering. 
Well, he was saying like it basically is like going into the left-hand lane every single time. And then the other thing is it leaks oil. And so uh, he talks about this. But then one Easter morning, like he says, like Mary to the tomb, he goes <laughs> out and his Jeep is gone. Just like Jesus was gone out of the tomb. Yeah. You get that? Yeah. Um, and so he doesn't have his Jeep's Jeep anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but he's talking about how he didn't replace his Jeep, right? His his. Uh, his Jeep is gone, but he doesn't replace the Jeep because he wants to depend on people more. And so he talks about like the importance of depending on people. Uh, what do you think? Like interesting chapter. There's a lot going on. Yeah. I, I wrote down something for like the, the little attachment at the end, because like the majority of the story is about like, like what you highlighted yeah. about like the forgiveness of God and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like he makes this connection because like when, when this lady hit him, like she said to him, like, I'm really concerned that I won't ever be able to drive again. Cause yeah. like, she's an older lady. If they take you away your license, like you got to depend on other people and she doesn't want to depend on other people yet. She wants to just be able to like, drive for herself. Yeah. And so when Bob gets his car stolen, he feels like this, <clears throat> this thing, like I maybe calling would be the right word. Yeah. Feels like a calling to like not buy another car, just depend on other people because yeah. he's very and he's a very independent person. Mm-hmm. And so he says, being dependent has helped me see the world in a whole new way. I'm not as rushed as rushed as I used to be. I usually leave for work and return with a big grin because I'm the only middle aged lawyer on the block carrying a laptop and riding a skateboard <laughs> to and from work. And so like our world is a world of fast. Mm-hmm. We live every, like our society is very fast and like you have to be independent and we all seem to crave to be independent and depend on ourselves but the truth is like we're all dependent on god no matter how how independent we are we all depend on god right Mm -hmm. so yeah just slow down just take a minute you know yeah it's good well there's a lot going on in our next chapter tell us a little bit about 10 year old adventures so chapter 20 10 year old adventures this chapter is about how this is something that bob does with, with his kids every time they turn 10 so Which is crazy. every time they turn 10, like they do it right. more, <laughs> more than once. But each kid, we, yes. we get what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah. But this is like crazy, Cody. This is wild. Like they, their, their kids turn 10 and when they turn 10, they get to go to Bob and they get to go, dad, this is what I want to do. Like mm. an, an adventure. Like you can say anything, nothing is off limits. Like his daughter says, I want to go to London and have a tea party. And he's like, <laughs> okay. So they go to London and they have this tea party and his other son is like, I want to climb a mountain in a snowstorm. And he's like, okay. So they, they like climb this mountain in a snowstorm. And I'm just thinking the whole time, I'm like, as a 10-year-old, like I would have been insufferable climbing yeah. a mountain in a snowstorm because yeah. I would like, I was super anxious kid. I was right. a very anxious kid. So like the first sign of clouds, I would have been like, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and my dad would have been like, dude, we just drove all the way out of here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, ca- I can't imagine doing this. But like, it's, it's this idea of like, he just goes and does it right and then his third kid adam he uh, he turns 10 and he's like i want to ride motorcycles across the desert and bob's <laughs> like okay so they go and do it and uh turns out adam tries to jump a sand dune with this bike and he ends up like flying off and go like just a 10 like, year old yes. on a motorcycle by himself yes i just, just don't understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild (laughs) (laughs) he ends up flying off though and like again he's he ends up being fine but it ties into the uh, this idea of like 
he crashes and burns, not not literally, but <laughs> figurative, literally crashes, figuratively burns. Um, <laughs> and he ends up being like, that was awesome. And Bob is just mm. like, you know what? It was. And in yeah. the same way, like, we we fail. As humans, we fail a lot, mm. right? And But, like, it's not the end of the world. Like, we, we crash and burn, and we can just, we can learn, first of all, from our failures. But, yep. like, God's right there to pick us up and be like, you know what? That was pretty good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think there is this feeling, and I'm not saying this isn't like how it should be sometimes, you know, but we have this feeling like we have to be fully prepared for something. Mm. But I think what Bob's trying to get at is that's not always the case. Sometimes yeah. God just wants us to like go, like yeah. just do it. And so he talks about how like at the, at the end of the chapter, he says the disciples were unschooled and ordinary, like my kids, like all of us. Yet they didn't need all the details because they were on an adventure with a father who wanted to take them. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know everything when you're with someone you trust. Yeah. And again, I think this came up in earlier in the book, but that's like just such an interesting con, con like contrast because we live in a world that is very preparation oriented. Yeah. Right. And again, I think there is absolutely a time and a place to be prepared for something. Right. You don't want to you don't want to jump into something all the time without knowing. Right. It actually, in scripture, it talks about the um, like the house builder who's building mm. a home, like you need to count the cost before you do it. Yep. And so it's a biblical principle, but at the same time, I think a lot of, a lot of times all we need is to trust God just to start. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it's like kind of finding that balance, but I think too often we're like stuck in this like apathetic feeling of like, I don't know what to do because I don't, I'm not fully prepared. Mm-hmm. And God's kind of saying like, yeah, you're fully prepared. I'm right here. Yep. That's all you need. Just go for it. Yeah. Take the jump, take the leap of faith, take the leap of faith. Yeah. Well, that is chapters 16 to 20, and that is our third last episode. Look at that. Two-thirds of the way done. Oh, yeah, over halfway through now. So, uh, yeah, we will see you back again here next Thursday. Do you have anything else to add, Josh? Nimbus, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen to our uh, Monday Monday podcast, you should go back and uh, listen to the end of that podcast. Actually, yeah. listen to the whole thing, but yeah, yeah, to get that reference, yeah. it's yeah, the it's very the end. end. Just like yeah, just skip to the end. Don't. <laughs> Anyways, no, uh, I, I yeah. don't have anything important to add. That's okay, well, mine wasn't important either. But <laughs> 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 All right, this is a mess. We will leave it off there. We will see you again next Monday for the regular main episode, and then we will see you again next Thursday for our next uh, installment of the Love Does podcast. Thank you for hanging out, and we will see you again next time.